The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Hello, hello, and welcome to Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB. My name is Rob Zimmerman, and I will be your host tonight in both the 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock hours on this Sunday evening, the final day of February 28, 2021. we got some great guests for you tonight. We will have the man you love to hate, Matthew Barnaby, former New York Ranger, and in the second hour, we'll have Eric Boland, Newsday Yankees beat writer. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout-out to Tiger Woods, who was involved in a one-car accident, horrific accident this week. We wish him the best from uh, recovery from those horrific injuries he's had, broken legs, wishing him the best, a fast and speedy recovery, and hope to see him on the golf course sometime soon. So now, without further ado, the man you love to hate, former New York Ranger, Matthew Barnaby. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I hope we didn't pull you uh, off the golf course. I saw earlier in the day on Twitter, uh, someone mentioned that, I don't know, you were supposed to be on with them, and you were somewhere golfing instead. Yeah, last time I was supposed to be doing a podcast, uh-huh. and it was 85 and sunny, and yes, I tried to do the podcast while on the golf course, but okay. uh, the 85 degree weather won out, and I actually couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't finish it. It didn't work <laughs> out well. It was very very windy, very very windy that day. So I apologize to them, but looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. Um, how is where are you? You're up in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, no golf today. I can tell you, it's it's uh, it's it's freezing cold up here. So I'd freeze my balls off if I was on a golf course today. Yeah, we've had Long Island's had a pretty brutal winter as well. Um, not as cold as it is up uh, north where you are, but uh, we've had a couple of snowstorms. We've had the cold weather, and uh, you know, I, I mean, my golf uh, game hasn't been there recently. Um, hoping soon. You know, maybe uh, clearing of the snow and can hit some golf balls pretty soon. Um, I got to ask you, I got to ask you, before we get into anything else, I know you got a lot going on, uh, the Barnaby 3636. Um, I got to take you back, okay? March 29th, 1996. Uh, it's a game between you're playing for Buffalo uh, somebody by the name of Garth Snow is in goal for the Flyers. What were you thinking that night? <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> um, I think we've uh, all seen it. We, anybody that's a hockey fan has seen that game and what yeah, and that brawl. Come yeah, on, it's, it's funny because everyone asked me about that or my hat trick on Mother's Day, but that's probably <laughs> most prevalent when I talk about uh, my career, which. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, when you're known for a fight against a goalie, um, certainly something different. Um, you know, I, I fought him the year before when we were in the minors, mm-hmm. and he came up to me. It was just a, like a – I got hit earlier on in the shift, okay. and it ended up being a five-on-five brawl, and I was laying on the ice, and our trainer came out, and I just kind of warned him, 
something could happen here only because I knew <laughs> who the goalie was. And that right. was obviously Gar Snow. Um, he came over to me, uh, called me a name that I don't know if I can use or, or cannot use. But it's a family show. A little demeaning, uh, but it, it was what it was. And I just said, just, just be careful. I'm going to jump up. And I jumped up and I, I got the chance to be the share of him. So it was actually a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's, uh, I showed my kids who are big hockey fans and, you know, you don't see that kind of stuff all the time. So, you know, to sh- show them that and then to show them, you know, a, a movie like Slapshot, they couldn't believe what was going on. Yeah, di- 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 different era we live in now. Right now we uh, just pat each other on the back and, and we're all good. So a little different. I mean, you know, I, Look, we grew up, I grew up watching, you know, 80s, 90s hockey. Um, I played. And you try to explain somebody, there is an importance of fighting. Like, you know, you're watching a game with somebody that's not the biggest hockey fan, let's say. And there is self-policing going on, you know. So can you expand on that? Like, it's just not random. There is a reason to drop the gloves. Yeah, I, I, I think sometimes there's just the immediate reaction of fighting someone, right? Like, contact sports. So sometimes you're going to have where someone hits you hard and you, you turn around and you don't like it. Um, sometimes there's going to be a point in hockey where you you go down to nothing in a game and you want to change the momentum. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's protecting someone that, that, that's smaller um, that can't protect themselves. So I think there's a lot of different levels in hockey. Uh, it's the one sport that, for me, fortunately, uh, that you're able to protect your, your teammates and you don't get kicked out or suspended for fighting. But there's a lot of different variances, yeah, I think, when you look at hockey and, and fighting. You know, one can be, like I said, you're defending a teammate that can't defend itself and, and one, you know, that you might be hit hard and you want to just defend yourself. And third, you might want to cause intimidation uh, to the other team. So it, there's so many different variances, I, I think, in hockey that, you know, it's, it's a special sport because of it. Now, also, too, in terms of, you know, let's use the word, let's say, goon, which I, I hate that word because you had skill. I mean, we've seen it. You can score. There's a lot of players that possess both that fighting ability and, and scoring, and then there's, like, the pure goon that's going out there just to fight. Um, who were some of your legit, like legit guys that could could drop the gloves that you faced? Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to be considered a goon. I don't think unless no. you don't know the sport, right? Like, I, I weighed in at 188 pounds when I played the game. So, if I was a goon at 188, man, I was I was tough. <laughs> I wasn't actually that tough. Right. Uh, guys, I had to fight were 240, 250, 260. Uh, you look at the tough, tough guys, and and they did their job. Like I. You know, whether they were goons, they were heavyweights, they were tough guys. That mm-hmm. was their role. That was, that was prevalent in the NHL through, you know, the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So obviously changed a lot, and, and, and rightfully so. I think the game's evolved, and we've evolved as, as people. Um, but I look at Stu Grimson, um, right. Joey Kosher, yeah. Bob Probert, the great Bob Probert. Um, I mean, he was unreal. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys back in the day. They could really hurt you. Tony Twist, I mean, I can go on and on and on. There were just so many guys that really could hurt you. You had to, you had to be, you had to be ready because I've, I've been asked many times, like, are, were, you, were you nervous when you fought? Hell yeah. Right. Hell yeah, I was nervous. These guys could break your face. They could break your orbital bone. They could break your nose. 
Um, they break your jaw with one punch. So, yeah, of course I'd be nervous. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of tough guys, but Bob Probert, Joey Kosher, like I said, Tony Twist, uh, Derek Bogart, uh, so many tough guys. I mean, one of my favorites, because I, I was a you know, big Ranger fan, big hockey fan, but watching you, and you're you're getting hit, you know, you got to take your hits, and you're smiling. You know, <laughs> and it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, here it is, getting hit. I mean, are you actually loving it, or is it just part of, you know, your persona, let's say? I, I'd say a little part of the persona. I mean, no one likes to get hit, but I think you have to, you know, for me, I was smaller than the guys that I fought, so I, I tried to play it off like it didn't hurt, and not to not say hurt. Like when I'm smiling after a, a punch, it, it, the punch didn't actually hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was trying to set up the next move. It was almost like a chess match. Like okay. I'm not going to fight Bob Probert or Zdeno Chara. Um, that's six nine two sixty five, and I'm going to swing punch for punch. Well, I'm going to lose every single time. It's just mathematics. I mean, we, 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 we can do the logic on this. If I, if I punch a guy at 265, 69, he punches me. Well, if he hits down. me three times in a row and I hit three, he's probably going to win that fight. So I need to figure out a way where I can get under his skin or I can get him to let up or, or do something that might be a little, uh, uncanny for him to do and I can capitalize on it. So, uh, did it hurt? Yeah. I mean, you got hurt once in a while, but, for me, it was all about a game plan. That that was all, all all was about. I mean, you're sitting in the locker room, you know, before a game. You know, look, there's there's different kinds of strategy. You know, this is what we have to go do tonight to beat the team that we're playing. Are you sitting in the locker room, you know, quote foiling up beforehand or however you're getting ready? Do you know, like in the locker room, okay, I got to drop with this guy, or it's just see the flow of the game and, and see where it goes. Well, I think it's a little bit of both, right? It depends on what um, preceded the game. Uh, it was certainly in when I was played in Buffalo and we had Brad May and Rob Ray and a plethora of guys that loved to drop the gloves but also loved to stand up for their teammates and, and, and their city. Uh, we, we would dissect who was on the other team and we'd kind of plan like, okay, this is what we're going to do. But I think also, um, especially in my job, I, I – I, I didn't go in and say, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fight this guy. Unless I had to. Unless I knew something the game before made me want to fight him. He, he hit a guy hard. He, he did something that was idiotic and I had to make sure our, our team was gonna be screwed with. Uh, for me, it was all about winning. It was all about winning the game. So if I had to, first of all, draw him into a penalty and take a punch and then fight him later, that was all part of the process. But, it's all about winning. It's all about winning, winning, winning the hockey game. And, um, that's all that mattered to me. Whether I won the fight, lost the fight, whoever I fought, um, it was about winning the hockey game in the end of the day. I mean, speaking of Rob Ray, I mean, uh, you got traded. He was a former teammate of yours. You go out to dinner with him the night before and the next night you're dropping the gloves. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those things. You, you never want to fight a friend. It's right. not something that's comfortable. Like, he had dinner at my house the night before. Uh, but once, once you get on the ice, I mean, I, at that time I was playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's playing for the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, the way the game progresses, it just happens. It's not like I, I set out or he set out because he just certainly didn't. And we didn't like fighting each other. He ended up winning the fight. It was pretty close, but, 
it is what it is, but you, you set forward, and I, I try to stress this to everyone. I was playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. As much as I love my time for Buffalo for the seven years that I was there, at that night I was playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. He was playing for the Buffalo Sabres, and he was doing the best for his team. I was doing the best for my team, what we thought would help our team um, in, in any which way. But definitely a different different scenario when you have to fight one of your best friends. It, it's very, very different. Right, you got to put the friendship uh, away for the next however long, and uh, you know it's war is war. You got to win the game. Um, so you, you you played Canada. You're playing youth hockey. I just want to go back to maybe you know back to the childhood a little bit. Uh, we're in Long Island. Hockey's pretty big here. We produce you know a fair amount of players uh, from the island. Um, I grew up just north of the city. Hockey's very big there too. But hockey here is nothing like hockey's in Canada. It's it's definitely different. I coached my son who was in '98 and and played and we played against the Long Island Gulls with mm-hmm. Adam Fox and okay. um, obviously Charlie McAvoy and Jeremy Brocco. Um, a lot of guys that are not even those three that went on to play D one and are trying to carve their 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 way into the pro careers. So it's much more. Um, I, I think a lot. Uh, a lot better hockey than it was when I grew up, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to where it is now. I mean, USA hockey in all levels, especially Long Island, that whole New York area has come such a long way. But yeah, it's in, in Canada, in, in the States, you know, I think you have so many people that play basketball and football, soccer. There's so many different sports. In Canada, no one asks <laughs> if you play soccer or football or basketball. You play hockey or you don't play hockey. That, that, that's, that's just the way it is. It's more of a, a, a cult or a culture mentality, um, than an actual sport. So if you don't play hockey, you're like, okay, what, what, what's wrong with you? Do you not have skates? Like right. everyone plays hockey. So, uh, it, it certainly is very different, but I have to say coaching in the United States for a lot of years, mm-hmm. it's grown in the last 20 years for sure. And USA Hockey is so, so good, <clears throat> as opposed to where it was 20 years ago. Yeah, no, the development of USA Hockey has come a long way. Um, I think even our junior program now being able to compete very competitively, you know, in the junior program on an international stage has uh, changed a lot. So what was it like for you? You know, you're playing youth hockey, and then you get up to that age, how many kids actually get drafted to play juniors? Is it, you know, because I know, like, I guess you're in high school and then you leave, I think it is, and, you know, you go play junior hockey. How many players on your team, you know, on your roster actually get drafted to take that next level, to take it to the next level? Yeah, well, I was a league developer, so, like, we have the Ontario League, which is Ontario um, then we have the Western Hockey League, which all is all of Western Canada. Then we have the Quebec League, which right. is um, the Quebec, obviously, Major Junior Hockey League. Then we have, like, Tier 2, mm-hmm. which is the lowest. So I, I was fortunate. I got drafted later. I was the only guy, or two of us got drafted. I got drafted last overall in junior, and I was fortunate enough to, to have a good coach and, and fortunate enough to make it. Um, as for percentage, I mean, there's all it's, it's all different whether you want to try to go – Major junior, if you want to go to, uh, play college hockey, it's two different routes that you take. So I chose the major junior route. I wasn't a great student.
student, mm-hmm. um, loved hockey, uh, was committed to playing hockey, but also very fortunate at the same time uh, to, to have my roots. So I don't, I, was, I don't think it was an indicative, whether I say it's one or two or three, uh, we had a very talented uh, 73 level, which I'm a 73 birth, right. and I was probably on the lower end. Probably, if I had to say out of Ottawa, I was probably the 30th best mm-hmm. uh, 73 birth. Uh, at that time, now I grew and exponentially got a little bit bigger and stronger, and right. things started to equal themselves out as we got older. But um, certainly, uh, not a rite of passage. But we certainly believe hockey is our game, and uh, we're going to be hockey players. So we're told else, uh, otherwise. At what point? So you get drafted. You're in the juniors now. At what point do you, do you start to master? You know, you're known as a, a, a player that's a pest. At what point do, do you kind of start to master or craft that part of your game? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I was a really talented kid as a, as a youngster. You know, I was scoring 200 points a year wow. um, every single year as, as a kid. Um, but then I got to 14, 15. I didn't grow. And, you know, I get to major junior, 17 years old, and I'm just trying to carve my way and try to make a team as opposed to being the most talented guy out there. So, I, I would say at 17 years old, it was when I really decided to carve a different niche. There's a lot of talented players out there, but who's willing to do this to, to right. make a team? So, um, like I said, I was fortunate. Um, I had the balls to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, I had a coach that also believed in me and gave me the opportunity to, um, to do what I did. So once I saw that it was successful and I was able to get under people's nerves, and also have success not only um, probably in the instigating ways, but it also opened up opportunities as an instigator, but also um, as an offensive guy because it it, it creates space for yourself uh, when people might have a little bit of fear as well. So they kind of, do you ever feel like they kind of left you alone and never took you seriously on the offensive end? And, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself with an open shot and nobody near you. I, I just think I grew into the game, right? Like I, I, I carved it out as wanting to fight and wanting to do this because I, that's what I needed to do to make the team. But then you draw back onto your past experiences as a kid and being uh, talented, right. and then you just get a little bit more room. The, the tougher you are, I don't care what you are, I don't care what you do. The tougher you are, the, the more space you're going to get. So I got a little bit more space and. Then, uh, fortunately, the, the talent uh, or limit thereof um, certainly took over, and I, I was able to put up some points. Now, I've had, you know, I've had discussions with some guys that played college hockey and that have gone on to not the NHL but have played in the minor league system. And I was very curious. I want to get your take on, on the game. They told me that the college game is actually a lot faster than the NHL. And the NHL, the guys are just, the game's a little slower, but the guys, the players are just in the right place all the time at the right time. What's your yeah, take on I that? Call, uh, yeah, I, I call NCAA, college hockey, I call it controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. That's my nickname for it, and it'll never change. Guys are going a million miles an hour all the time, and it's very, very fast. It's not as talented by no means. Right. It's not even... It's not even close. You're not getting the high-end guys uh, that you do in college that you are in the NHL. You're not finding a Connor McDavid or mm-hmm. an Austin Matthews. Uh, Pat, those guys don't go to college. Uh, right. The talent level is is so much further. But 
As for speed, yes. As for talent and smarts, 100%. Like, you can be the most, uh, you can be the fastest guy in the world. Um, I used to tell guys that we got out of college, they come coming in a million miles an hour like, guys, you need to relax a little bit. That little, that little black puck that we're chasing around, it's really important. And if you're going a million miles an hour at all times, you're not going to have success. Uh, so yeah, it's very, very fast, but there's no, nothing like replicating an NHL game. Not as fast in the, in the sense that guys are running around all over the place. Uh, but the talent level is just the next level and the smarts are crazy. And what about the physical part, the checking and, and all that? Is it that much harder? I don't know if harder is the right word, but is it that part of the game is just that much more physical? I mean, the guys are bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's more physical. Only To me, the biggest thing for, for people to realize and the biggest thing was now I, I found making the NHL easier than making junior hockey yeah. only because of the way that I was, I was built. I was, I was a smaller guy. Uh, but for guys that coming up that, that had success in junior, um, or the NCAA, the big thing is, is the size. I mean, you, you go in and, and you're playing, you know, NCAA, you might go in as a 19 year old and you're playing a 20-year-old or 21-year-old. Right. You're walking into the NHL as a 20-year-old. You might be playing a 35-year-old that's a man. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's a man. It, 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 it's, not a, it's not a boy. Even though you're fast and you're strong and you're whatever, you, there's something about man strength. Right. And that was the biggest thing. And, and walking into those locker rooms and playing against those guys, uh, the man strength is something that just can't be duplicated until you get in there and you figure your way around it. And the way and, and experience, um, anytime there's experience, uh, you just have to learn to, to, to learn that nuance of the game. So that's the biggest thing for me is just man strength. Uh, you're playing against men. Right. Are we seeing that now with some of these guys that are being drafted, let's say, top 10, top 15 picks, and they're not – I mean, it's rare to see like a Connor McDavid or somebody come in, even a, you know, when Crosby came in. There's so much hype on these guys – and the expectations are so high that they're just not able to fulfill them right away. Is it part of it just they're not physically ready? Well, the game I, is I, there. I, I, yeah, that, that, yeah I, I think when you look at guys getting drafted, you know, very few guys, it's not like the NFL or NBA where you draft a guy, you know, fifth overall or third overall, they walk right into your lineup, and right. I'm, I'm a big football fan. You could draft the quarterback third overall. He's sitting for a year. He's not even playing. And in the NHL, we don't even expect him to play. I think this year we look at like a Stutzla that was drafted third overall by the Ottawa Senators. You have Byfield that's drafted second overall. who's not even in the LA's lineup. He's on their taxi squad. Um, it, it's just a different era. It's just a different game. I mean, we're, we're not drafting 20 year olds and 21 year olds or 22 year olds. They're 18. We're drafting 18 year old kids. They're, 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 they're boys. And we're expecting them to go against thirty-year-old men, and it's just—it's just a different, a, a different beast. Because, you know, if we were pushing back our guys and we were drafting guys at twenty-two years old, like the NFL does, right? Well, we'd see a lot of guys that would step right into the league. But because our draft is so young, and I think it should be pushed back a year. I think it should be a, a nineteen-year-old draft. Um, we have very few guys like Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid for, for the most part. We don't have many guys that step right into the NHL right away. 
um, not only play, uh, but have success right away. So I think it's uh, a fault um, right. that where we are, and hopefully I think in the future that it, uh, it, it changes. I mean, they're not giving up on these guys right away. I mean, look, we're in New York. No. You know, we, we've had, you know, number one draft pick this year, number two draft pick last year. And, you know, I, I'm hoping, as many people are, that we're going to get eventually down the road, you know, a tandem like Crosby and Malkin. But it's going to take time until we see, you know, Capo and, and Lafreniere, you know, until you see them at their peak. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean... Well, when you when you start comparing them to Crosby and Malkin, I mean, you're you're talking about two Hall of Famers. Yeah, Crosby is the best of the generation. And Eli Lafreniere was he's going to be a great, great player. Whether he's one, two, or three when it comes to Stutzla um, or or Byfield, I mean, he's going to have an incredible career. And I think Kako is going to be a really good player, but it hasn't hit as of yet. We can look at Jesse. Pugliarvi that really is just starting to emerge as a player in the National Hockey League and took, you know, a couple of years uh, to go and play in Finland uh, before he was able to emerge as this player that we come to expect. So uh, there's so much unknown uh, for these young kids, and and the pressure amongst these kids is, is so crazy. But uh, for New York fans out there, I mean, I, I still think Kako's going to be really good. Lafreniere is going to be a very, very good player. Uh, you just draw on these past experiences and what they've done in the past and just hope for the best. That's all you can do when you're having a draft at 18 years old and they aren't Connor McDavid, like we said, or Austin Matthews. I mean, so, I mean, the NHL is the most international game out there. European players come in, even at this, you know, young level, is it more of an adjustment for them because the North American style is so much different than the European style of play? I, I'd say it's more of a adjustment. Yeah, the, the ice size that they are, um, the physicality um, that that lies uh, within. Uh, I, I think you know physicality and just just all culture, right? You're right away from your families. You don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm certainly a lot more probably uh, sympathetic to watching these come, kids come across and having and, and knowing what they had to deal with. Um, I had to deal with it when I was. Uh, a junior kid. I went to Quebec City and didn't speak a word of French, and mm-hmm. no one spoke English. So I, I understand that. I know how hard it can be, but um, I think from the, the on-ice uh, part of it, it's just the, the size of the rink, the physicality is certainly much different than the North Americans have to deal with. Because I've heard, I know, you know, Rangers, it's been a little bit of an up-and-down season. Um, tough loss today. They're bidding games. They're losing games by one. A lot of um, games lost in overtime or a shootout, and to me, I see, you know, they're they're on the cusp. You know, when I see that kind of stuff, they're not getting blown out a lot. But you know, there's those games that are winnable, and to me, that's teaching the franchise how how to win. I've heard through the grapevine, Quinn is having some issues with the. You know, he was brought in here, college coach, developed the talent, developed the players. But there seems to be, from what I've heard, a little bit of an issue um, adjusting between him and the European players. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I, I can see where New York is, and we can remember um, the letter that went out from the organization and right. telling the fans that it's going to be a process and there, there's going to be some pain. Um, Basically, we're going to suck for the next few years. And, yeah, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> 
And I, I think that's a good way to handle it for your fan base, especially when you're a big, big market. Yeah. I, I think that's the, you know, if you're in Ottawa, uh, I don't know if you have to sell that or in Canada. Matt, did we lose you? Seems we're having a little uh, issue with the station. Can you hear me? Yeah, well, we for some reason, sorry, some reason we oh. just went out for a second. Hey, Matt, can oh. you, all right, we're going to go to a quick break. Can you stick around? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. We'll be right back with the former New York Ranger, the pest of pets, Matthew Barnaby. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB Radio. I'm Rob Zimmerman and been talking to Matthew Barnaby. We lost you for a few seconds there earlier. Matt, you there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay, so... As we were talking about, the Rangers sent out, I mean, the letter of letters. Basically, we're going to suck. And like we were saying, you can't really get – I don't know if another small market team can do that. I mean, they really took a chance doing this, uh, trading away, you know, half the roster and just really gutting it. They they did. And then you have the transition from Lundqvist yeah. not being your goaltender anymore and you know, it, 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 it's a younger team. Um, uh, here, here's what I can say for Rangers fans out there. It, it's very bright. It's, it's going to be a great team in the years to come. I mean, uh, the talent level um, on the back end, I think when you look at the forwards, um, they have a lot of promise. But there, there's going to be some growing pains. And then you have, you know, you couple that with Panarin leaving with, right. with what happened over there and, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly not the way that they wanted it to play out. Is Abinajad not having the year that he had last year? Do I think he's going to be a 40 goal score again? No. Mm-hmm. But do I think he's 10 times the player that we're seeing right now? Yeah. I mean, he, he's very good. So New York has a bright, bright future in what they're trying to achieve. And they have some great young kids. And I look at Kako where, where he is. I look at Lafreniere, you know, not, probably not looking and everyone's like, okay, Stutzla in Ottawa, what he's doing. Now he's in a different role, uh, but he's going to be a very, very good player. So uh, let's not rush to judgment. They're going to be a very, very good team, whether they make the playoffs this year or not. I didn't have them as a playoff team, uh, but certainly the future is very, very bright. Well, one thing I wanted to get to this year, um, obviously, is very different uh, due to COVID. Um, they changed the way the league. You know, you're only playing teams in your division I was kind of hoping, you know, maybe we go back to like uh, the Patrick Division and the Con Smythe Division, you know, renaming the divisions, uh, d- the divisions in the old school ways. But like, here you go. Here they played Boston Friday night. Okay, they won the game. Turn around one day off. You play Boston on a Sunday. This is almost like playoff hockey, playing teams two or three games in a row. And if you're a young team and you're not used to that, so even the season this year. 
you know, this this kind of um, modified season has an effect. Matt, did we lose you? Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know what's going on. We're having some technical problems tonight. Damn, yeah. damn, damn Canada. Damn Canada and those cellular towers. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's Canada or damn Cuomo in New York. So uh, you know, it could be it could be anything these days. It, it could be Cuomo, but I, I think in the pandemic that we're living yeah. in, I, I think where where we are, you know, we're just trying to do our our best. Every league is um, trying to do what is best, and we're going to have cancellations. We're going right. to have things that we like, things that we don't like. But I think the NHL has done a pretty good job, and I, I can speak for Canada because I, I I live up here. Um, I've loved watching the all Canadian division. I, I've also loved, you know, watching the New York Rangers play, you know, whether it be, um, you know, New Jersey three right. times out of four and, and watching that dynamic and not necessarily the hatred because I don't think we're ever going to have the same hatred that we had when I played. It's a different <laughs> era and, and we learn to, uh, adjust with it. But I, I think we get some, um, tell signs of teams and start to figure out who really are the, the competitive team. So uh, it, we're, we're doing the best, all of us, in, in whatever era or uh, area that we're, we're, we're trying to succeed in life right now in 2021. It's going to be much different. But uh, I'm actually like the hockey. I like the two and three or the three and five, right. uh, whatever it may be. I, I thought it pretty, pretty, pretty intriguing. Yeah, no, I mean, I got to tell you, it's been fun for me, you know, as a hockey fan and getting to watch, you know, Ranger Islander hockey, you know, Devil Islander hockey, watching the Rangers, you know, original six playing uh, the Boston Bruins as much as they've been playing. But like you said, coming into the season, I'm looking at the new playoff format and I didn't have the Rangers getting to the playoffs. And now in New York, the pressure's really on the Islanders. I mean, getting to the conference finals, you know, the modified conference finals last year. And they they seem to be playing pretty well. I mean, they have one thing. They have one of the best coaches in hockey. It, it, it's always awesome when you can play to the under. Um, I'm in gambling now, and I work <laughs> for a gambling site. Uh, when you can play to the under and have success on most nights, yeah, you know you got a pretty damn good coach, and that's what they do in Barry Trotz. He's a, a great guy. He holds everyone accountable um, on his team. So, um, they're a good team. They're never going to outscore you. You're right. not going to go into a game saying, uh, we're going to win this game 5-4 or 6-5. Uh, we're not going to be the Oilers of the, of the 80s. Uh, but we, we can defend and we can win games 2-1, to 3-2. to Um, certainly that's the Islanders MO right. and what they do the best. So it's, it's been pretty cool to watch them. They're going to have their, their, their ups and downs like everyone else because they don't, they aren't able to score on, on games that they're going to give up three. You're going to look at them and say, "Oh shit! Can 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 we score four? And I don't know what the answer is. Uh, if it's not Barzell or um, one of the top guys going, right. they don't have the depth scoring, and, and that could pose a problem as they go through. But they've had a lot of success, and I really like that team. They're, they're, they defend well. They've got good goaltending, and obviously, like you said, Barry Trotz is a great, great coach. I mean, do they have a shot this year, or? I'm kind of looking at the modified playoffs, you know, where everybody's talking about the bubble, and and I think it goes for the same with the NBA and the NHL. Some teams were just better off or better suited for playing. You know, then they had the COVID break. You come back, and some teams just seem to excel 
in that situation where it was the Islanders' success last year that they were just built better for that that kind of playoff run. But I also think it's the NHL, right? I, I don't care compare the NHL to uh, the NBA. NBA, mm-hmm. you got three good players. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm betting on you. Yeah, you, you, you give me two all stars and a a really strong guy. I'll I'll take your team every day of the week. That's why the Raptors in the NBA are going to struggle this year. They they don't have uh, three all stars. They don't even have two all stars. Right. They they have one in Kyle Lowry. So you know you, you look at that point of view. Uh, hockey's hockey's different. You get a hot goaltender. Um, you get Anything a can happen. And you, you get a team that works really hard, and, and you're going to have success. And, and they can have that in the NHL. So, no, I, I don't count them out. Would I bet on them? No, no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet on them um, unless the number was right. So, um, they're a good they're a good hockey team, but they're not one of my favorites in the Eastern Conference. Who do you see going? What are, What are your four favorite teams right now? Give me your conference uh, on both sides. Your uh, your semifinals. Wow, uh, I, I, I would, yeah, uh, just off the top of my head. Come on, I mean, you're, 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 I know, I know you got the sports book going on, so you're a betting guy. You know yeah, the numbers. So. No, I, I, no, I, I, I love Tampa Bay still. I, I think Kucherov does come back, mm-hmm. and what they're doing without uh, Kucherov in that lineup, I, I think is pretty impressive. I, I'm still a Boston fan. Uh, Boston, even though what they've lost, I think they can play. Uh, a 5-4 game, I think they can play a 2-1 game. I think that's, that's really, really big. Carolina is a sneaky one. Really? They're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're one of those teams that's young, but they're fast. They got a great defense. They've used three goalies this year. Um, I, I think Carolina is one of those sneaky teams only for the money that, that you get if you're betting a, uh, betting with them. Right. And on, on the Western Conference, there's only two teams for me. I think, I think it's between Las Vegas and Colorado. Colorado is my pick at the start of the year. Uh, Kale McCarr is a stud. Um, we know all the plethora of guys that they have up right. front that can score. So, uh, Colorado to me, uh, Vegas, what they're doing, especially Flurry and Nets. I mean, he's been awesome. Man, it's been good. Mm-hmm. I, I know you want to get to the betting stuff and we'll get to that, uh, in just a second. I just want to get back to your playing days a little bit. How happy were you or were you happy getting out of Buffalo and then heading to like Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay or the Rangers? I mean, Buffalo is not the most exciting city to play in. No, no, it isn't. It's not the it's, it's not the most in, enticing place to visit as well. Um, but here's what I can say about Buffalo: they're they're great fans. Mm-hmm. They love their sports, and I was very privileged uh, to 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 be a saver for the years that I was. I was right. very very fortunate. Now, was it time for me to move on? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, mutually, um, you know, if I talked to the Sabres people in the past, uh, we, we, we just reached a, a point where it was time to move on. So, um, you know, I'm very lucky to have played there and, uh, for that fan base. They're, they're awesome, awesome fans. But, uh, for me to go on and play in Pittsburgh after and then, uh, play for the New York Rangers, I mean, just, just awesome. I got to play in the MSG, mm-hmm. uh, for three years. My, my center rightsman was Mark Messier. Wow. Um, if I'm it doesn't get any better than that. In New York, it does. You know, it doesn't get any better than Mark Messier. That that's as good as it gets. I, I had a, a roommate in Eric Lindros, and I had uh, Mark Messier as a centerman. I, I did pretty well. Uh, it's not bad at all. Um, but let me ask you, and one more question, then we'll get to what you, what you got going on right now. In terms of investment, let's say of the team into their facilities, the team into 
strength training, um, the way they took care of you, did you see a big difference, let's say, between Buffalo, Pittsburgh? Obviously, the Rangers have their, their own training facility up in Westchester. Um, what kind of differences did you see between uh, the teams you played for? Yeah, I, I think Buffalo in the back end of it was was awesome. I, I think Pittsburgh was probably a, a little step behind, and then New York was on a different level. And I also really? think, you know, just years. I, I started in Buffalo in 1993, mm-hmm. 1994, and then I went to New York. It was 2001, so we're we're talking about a decade later, right? right. So obviously evolution is going to catch up, and we're going to have um, science behind us to 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 learn from that. So. Uh, you know, New York would be out of the three, uh, certainly the best. But every year, I think everyone evolved and everyone got a little bit better. Uh, but New York was, I mean, the money that's, uh, with the Dolan family and that whole, uh, facility, we had a lot behind us. We were doing okay. I had, I had the honor and privilege of uh, playing up there a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know. I got this invite somehow through the Rangers and, uh, they split us up into a blue and white team, and we played with uh, some of the Ranger legends. So one of my highlights right now is I actually scored a goal on an assist from Ron Greshner. Not which, bad. No, nah, no, nah, which was amazing. I wasn't known as it a goal scorer. It was all you. No, 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 it was all him. I, I, wasn't, I played hockey for many years. I was not known as a goal scorer. Um, so, you know, I was more like you, you know, defensive, a uh, player, hustled, you know, a little bit of a pest. So, uh, that was a big highlight for me. Um, one more question and then we'll get to your stuff now. What about, you know, I, I was doing a little research on you and you had something, uh, cause I know you got the podcast and the media stuff, but on the hazing that's been going on, um, what can you tell us? Some fun stories or stuff that, on the stuff that you can talk about? Yeah, I, I, I think when you look at hazing, I, again, it's all part of the evolve. I mean, the stuff that I had to go through as a, as a young kid, when I talk young kids, 16 through 20, um, the shit they used to make us do was, was not right. I mean, right. It, it, it's, a, it's abuse and mm-hmm. you learn from it. And one thing I always told uh, my coaches and um, players alike that, you know, once I was a captain and I was a captain the year after my first year that it had happened. Okay. Um, that it wouldn't happen anymore. It, it was done. Um, we wouldn't. We. I, I don't agree with hazing. Mm-hmm. I love the way the NHL does it. I love the way. I think uh, you know. You buy a guy's dinner and you make them um, a part of a family. You know. You don't. Hazing's meant to demean people. Okay. Um, I think when when you have when you have a team and you want to bring new people into your team and have success, you want to make them a part of your team. Make them feel part of the team. Make them feel. Special when I grew up, and you know the late eighties and nineties, more abusive. Um, it was about it, it was about demeaning people and, and abusing people, right? Uh, making them find their way. Where that that that's not how. I don't care what business you're in. You're you're an athlete. You're you're an accountant. Bringing a, a person to the firm, you're not gonna you know tie their balls <laughs> to the to the wall and <laughs> right. and and make them pain. You, you're gonna bring them out to dinner. You're gonna have a drink with them, and you're gonna have fun. You're gonna have and you want everyone to feel comfortable. That's 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 in every every way of life. And um, so I've always been a, a big proponent of making people feel comfortable um, within, um, so you can have success. You, you don't have success when you're demeaning people. No, you got to, especially on a team, you got to, you know, you got you, you got to welcome in people, make them feel like a family, and make them be able to sacrifice for one another for the the betterment of the team. 
Absolutely, 100%. So now, uh, let me ask you, when you're not on the golf course, what, what do you got going on? Because I know you got the Barnaby, what is it, 3636? Yeah, Barnaby36.com, which we do uh, some training. It's been very difficult, obviously, in the last year and a half. Right. It'll pick up, but I also work for a gambling site, and anyone that likes to gamble out there in Canada, um, it's a Canadian site. But I, I'm, I'm a big better. I, I love betting on hockey and basketball and and enjoy all that and do it responsibly and, you know, bet bet a few dollars here, bet a few dollars there and, and have fun. So I, I'm very fortunate to work with uh, some great, great people at bet99.com and um, I enjoy it. I, I love it and uh, very, very, like I said, uh, it's my new team mm-hmm. um, in the year of 2021. <laughs> and, uh, and what about the podcast? You still got that going on? We're going to restart it right now. Um, as we got, I, I got so busy with, um, with, 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 with the betting site that I've been doing. So it's coming back. It's going to take a little different angle. I just feel like there's too many, um, hockey casts where they interview. Um, there's a lot out there. So we're going to kind of change it into more of a betting podcast. Okay. Uh, but it's a little, 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 uh, unfiltered. Um, you have to, if you're not ready for, Swearing and a little uh, over the top. I'm not the right podcast for you. No, I, I've got my own that I do. Uh, has nothing to do with sports. Um, so I happen to love the the podcasting uh, genre. If we, you know, look, you're unfiltered. You can say what you want. Um, you produce your own stuff. It's a lot of fun. You, you're not uh, tied to the FCC rules, and you know it, it's something that's enjoyable. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and I say your son's playing now. Yeah, my, my son turned pro. He was supposed to go to Penn State, but wasn't much of a scholar. So he, okay. uh, he turned pro. He plays, uh, in Alabama. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to be able to enjoy something with someone, um, that loves hockey as much as you do. He's a, he's a great kid, loves to, loves to work hard, loves to have fun. And, uh, my daughter's 19, who's in her wow. second year of university in the United States. So it, it's pretty cool. What do you, do you think he's got a shot at the uh, NHL? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, we all, you know, judge it differently. For me, it's it's about developing, and mm-hmm. uh, I always take it he's supposed to be in the second year of of university at Penn State and developing, but he's doing it kind of on the run. But he's very, very talented. He's he's a very high skilled guy, and you know, he just has to keep developing. That's that's about it, and, and hope for the best. You hope that. You know, he's, he's gonna learn and learn from his mistakes, but, uh, the talent, uh, no question is a lot better than I ever had. Really? Even at this point. So what's it like for you to watch him, you know, uh, on the ice right now? Yeah, it's fun. I, yeah, I, I can't even, like I said, I, I, I couldn't tie his skates, <laughs> um, talent wise. It, it's, it's that, that's how much better he is than, than I am. Um, we're totally different players. He's not gonna fight the guys that I did, but, um, talent wise, the skill wise he has, um, is awesome. Now, he just has to, it's fun as a dad, you're, but I'm, I, I never got nervous playing in, in a game, mm-hmm. uh, ever. Right. Now, when I watch him play, do I get nervous? Yeah. You, you don't want him to get hurt. You don't want to, you know, you want him to see him succeed. You, you get pissed off with his mistakes. Um, and, and you probably overvalue his, his great things that he does, but, uh, it, it, it's pretty fun. Anytime your kid is, is doing what they love to do and they're earning a living at it. It's pretty, pretty fun. I, I watch my kids play roller hockey now. You know, we never, uh, they never got into the ice hockey. I tried to, but they didn't take to it as much. And I know I'm watching them and it's just, 
you kind of want to get out there and position them <laughs> to a point, you know, what you're seeing or the way you played or, you know, knowing where they should be. And it's like, come on, dude, just move. <laughs> do you ever get yeah, that feeling? I, that It's just like, come on, you, can, you know, you miss something here, miss something there. Yeah, we, we do video after every single game. And I, I always say, like, you have to listen to your coach. Like, right. whatever his coach says is, is gold. Like, that's who he has to answer to every single day is his coach. Now I give him my my theory on where he should be and whatever, but in the end, it, it's his coach that 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 makes the decision on if he plays a lot or if he doesn't play a lot. Um, but it, well, yeah, we 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 go over it. I, I think the most important thing is a dad that played, um, you know, obviously instruction right. growing up and training. But I, I think it's more now I can be more of a support system when he doesn't play every game, you know, to to, to realize. You're not going to play well every single day. Right. And to, to be there and say, okay, forget about it. Go, go have a beer. Go, go have a beer with your friends. You know, you're 22 years old. Go have a beer. Have fun. Relax. You, your career isn't made on, on one good game or one bad game. Relax. Go have fun and enjoy it and go back to work the next day. I know for me, I try to tell them or talk to them after the game, and I can't, you know, and they said, yeah, of course now. You don't know what you're talking about. I only played, you know, started skating when I was three and played, you know, ice hockey for 18 years. But, you know, but I can't say, hey, I played in the NHL like you did, you know. Doesn't it, matter. Doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> they just, they, they don't listen. What can I tell you? What, that's, what do that's we see? Kid. Right. That's kids. Yeah. What about what about the talent now that you know you're sitting back you watch obviously you watch a ho- lot of hockey because of uh the betting and just for the love of the game what about the game right now the talent and what you're seeing out there compared to when you played Oh it's 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 crazy I, I everyone has the big thing now is I mean everyone's talented right. you have to be able to skate you know you have to be able to skate it, but the talent level like we, we don't get surprised of the guy going between his legs and going top shelf or to tuck down low and going between his legs. Like that's just expected. It's just the expectation of, yeah. of greatness. Like before we'd see a guy like Merrick Malik, I think everyone can remember he went oh, between yeah. his legs in a shootout. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, I like, saw that live. Yeah. I was watching that. Oh, game. oh my God. Wow. This is some crazy, unbelievable event. Well, here's what I'm telling you. I've, I've coached youth for 10 years mm-hmm. and there's not a seven year old in the country um, that has any bit uh, of talent that can't do what Merrick Malik did. I mean, really? I, I mean, yeah, like, like that, that, that is like the most minor move that you've ever seen for a seven year old now coming in on a goalie. It's just, it's, 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 it doesn't even, it doesn't even get rated. Wow. Um, so that's how, that's how much we've evolved. We were like, Oh my God, sports center number one, that would even top the top hundred in the U seven, right. um, in the United States now. It, it, it's, it's, so the talent level, uh, further to your question, um, is just crazy right now. I mean, it's to me, where's it coming from? Because even not only hockey, but every sport, guys are just getting bigger, faster, stronger. And like you said, like, like that kind of shot, uh, let's say 20 years ago was an anomaly. Now everybody can do it. How much better are the guys coming in now, um, Compared to like a Wayne, even let's throw out there Wayne Gretzky, you know, can he make it? Could he play to, in today's game? Well, yeah, I, I never judge errors. Like I'm not going right. to judge Wayne Gretzky as Connor McDavid. Okay. One guy was using well, one guy's using wood sticks and lang skates. Like, <laughs> it's not, 
it's not it's not fair. It's like you, you trying to okay, you're gonna you're gonna go through uh you're gonna have a car race, but you're gonna drive a Chevette. Right. I'm gonna drive a Ferrari. Like it just it it, it 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 you know, the the training that goes on. So the talent level I, I won't you know, no one's gonna ever achieve what Wayne Gretzky did right. statistic wise. Now having said that Connor McDavid's the greatest player that's ever played offensively. No one will ever be better until we get to the next level. Um, Connor McDavid is way better than Wayne Gretzky was. Really? Like if, if they played just on pure talent, just on pure talent, it's pure speed. I mean, uh-huh. Connor McDavid's faster than he's the only person that's been faster than the game. Okay, he's on a cheat code. He he does it on a different level. So I don't judge them that way. Having said that, you know. I think YouTube is the biggest probably proponent to these kids being the skill level that they are. They can click onto their computer at any time, see a new drill. They go to practice. They do the wraparound. They do this. They do right. the, 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 the mic leg where they lacrosse goal. I mean, they all, you're 10 years old and everyone can do the lacrosse goal now. That was like something special. The special everyone makes a big deal of Spetsnikov doing the lacrosse. That's nothing. It's, it's not a big deal to these kids anymore. They watch YouTube every day. They don't watch games like we did when we were kids. Right. But the talent level is certainly a lot, a lot more, and it'll con- continue to grow. I mean, we yeah, you, you made it. You're making a great point. I mean, we watched the games, and then you just went out and played. You know, you didn't yeah. practice like all these crazy shots. So I guess from the fact that they're out there, they're practicing, they're seeing all this, and then they're able to take that into a game situation or into practice, um, that it's really starting to change the game. Now, how do goalies keep up with this? Well, I, I, you know, we went from goalies being drafted. They were 5'8", 5'9", 5'10". Now you don't look at a goalie unless he's 6'2". Right. It's completely changed the way, you know, Defensemen wouldn't be drafted before until they were six one. Um, now you can be five seven, five eight. Uh, but as for goalies, you know it's become all technical. So it's all about size and and blocking shots rather than saving shots. So you know I, I think uh, the NHL and in general uh, we should have bigger nets, uh, just a little bit, just a couple inches um, to make the nets a little bit bigger because goaltenders have got bigger, the equipment's got bigger. Um, I think just think it would make it a lot more interesting for fans if we could see a few more goals scored. I know we just had the uh, 20th, or not even 20th, whatever it was, anniversary of uh, the Miracle on Ice. We're all getting old. But you, you look at Jim Craig and the pads that he was wearing back in the day, you know, the old brown leather, uh, you know, shin guards and everything, and just the size of the pads are minuscule compared to today. What about making the yeah. pads smaller? Is that going to make an effect instead of making the goal bigger? Now, again, I, I, I think about making the nets a little bit bigger only because guys shoot the puck so hard right now. So I don't want to, I don't want goaltenders getting hurt. Okay. Uh, I want to see a few more goals. Uh, but I think if you, you just make the nets a little bit bigger, keep the equipment the same size, then you alleviate both problems. We get more goals and we don't have goaltenders getting hurt, which is safety we want, uh, first and foremost. So where do you see the league going from here in the next couple of years? I, I, I love the way it's going. I think it's fast. I think we have a lot of youth uh, being in, in, infused in, into the game right now. Uh, I, I continue to grow. I, we, we look at where we are, um, you know, I, I think worldwide. 
Mm-hmm. It's a it's a global sport, so I, I love where the game's going. I, I know a lot of people complain there's not enough fighting, there's not enough physicality, but I, I think it's a pretty damn good game we have going right now. Better or worse than when you played? Different, different. Okay, uh, you can't judge. Yeah, you, you, uh, do I do I wish there was a little bit more rivalries and a few more fights? Yeah. Um, do I love the skill level where it's at now as opposed to where I? Yeah, I, I do. So I. You know, I, I can give a I can give you a little bit of, of both sides, but I'm very happy um, in the era that these guys get to play, and also the safety that they get to play within. Well, I know as I went to uh, my greatest Ranger Islander game ever, I went to was March 17th in the Garden, which is obviously St. Patrick's Day here. Everybody drinking Ranger Islander rivalry, and that was the craziest game I've ever been to. I don't think we'll see. That kind of craziness again, or at this point? Yeah, it, no, it, it, it's totally different. We're we're in a different era. We we can't expect that. We cherish those moments. Uh, you know, I, I can bring back the fighting dark snow and doing all that. Uh, those those days are gone. Um, but we we come to enjoy what we have, and, and we enjoy um, that kind of hockey. So yeah, we're we're never going to see that that kind of hockey ever ever again. Matt, we got to go. Thank you so much for giving us your time. It's been amazing. This is Rob Zerman on WGBB Sports Talk Week New York. That was Matthew Barnaby. Amazing interview. We'll be right back as we take you through the second hour. Eric Boland, the Newsday, Yankee beat writer, coming right up. And once again, thanks again to Matthew Barnaby. We'll be right back. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.